who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. This one for April 12th, 2023. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I'm good to, glad to be back, I should say. Hopefully it's good to have me back, but I'm glad to be back. And I am joined, as always, to my immediate left. Stella Chung, how are you? Good. I hearing you say what's happening, friends. I was like, you know what? I was right on the money with my. Uh, I, I started all the podcasts trying to pretend to. Nice. So I was like, I was right on the money. Well done. Yeah, well done. I am nothing if not predictable, but um, which is you know can be good and bad, I guess. If it's like comfort food for a podcast, like yeah. oh, I like hearing the same thing. Miranda Sanchez at the end of the other end of the table. Good to see you. How yeah, are you? I'm busy, but you know making it through. Uh, good to see you, and you are yes, welcome back. Thank Happy you. Happy to have you back. Uh, yeah, it was a nice little spring break. Um, happened to just. Missed two shows because we we were Wednesday to Wednesday because the airfare was way, way cheaper that way. Um, So thank you both for holding down the fort while I was gone. I know uh, Brian Altano was in here talking Resident Evil. uh, And then it was uh, it was the uh, all ladies show last week, which is which I love to see. Um, And but this week you're you're going to have to tolerate me and my opinions again. I guess we can. (laughs) If you don't, if you don't mind. (laughs) Uh, Well, I want to start, uh, Miranda, I'm sure you mentioned it last week as things were kicking off. We have our IGN first game for the month of April, and it is Redfall. Yes. The upcoming, of course, vampire first-person shooter. Uh, I'm super proud of the coverage that you've been putting out. We've had some gameplay. We've had some character trailers, character profiles, getting to know the... uh, the four heroes that you can choose to yeah. play as in this. Some of the bigger pieces are coming out a little bit toward the end of the month, so that's what is making me tired lately, but in a good way, but also news. <laughs> that said, uh, it hasn't been the best week for Redfall in terms of... Uh, I mean, I don't know how you expect this to go. Like, 
there has to be the decision made as to like, all right, well, when do we break this little bit of bad news to the community? And, and, you know, they've chosen to do it about three weeks before launch, which my guess would be that's because that's when they knew for sure that they weren't be able to make, going to be able to be able to make this happen for launch. And that is a 60 frames per second option on the series X. So, uh, on series X, it will ship only with a quality mode, 30 frames per second in 4K on the Series X, 30 frames, 1440p on the Series S. They will add a 60 frames per second performance mode later, but we don't know when later is yet. Um, Stella, you are, of course, our resident first-person shooter expert. You play a ton of PvP games. Mm -hmm. In a PvE experience, is the lack of 60 frames as big of a deal yes yes <laughs> it's no please awful. it's awful i mean okay it's not awful but like also thinking of this at like you know the 30 fps in 4k okay that's nice but how many people have 4k monitors and also how many people really want to play in 4k when they could potentially get 60 fps on a console that they put so much money into also all of the footage that we saw in the trailers and gameplay and stuff they were all 60 fps and they looked great you know and i think miranda that's what's part of really been exacerbating the this little uh bad pr moment for for arcane on this is yeah is exactly that right and everything we've gone hands-on on with so far has been in 60 frames because it's always the pc build right exactly like, that's almost always what you're gonna play in um any sort of preview environment unless it's like a specific console game um but yeah that's just it's disappointing to say the least <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know it's a PvE experience, but still, if still. you're if you're going to be showing such good gameplay and such good movement specifically, you definitely want at least 60 FPS in any sort of first-person shooter game, um, especially something that looks as good as this. I mean, I'm pretty sure I played Deathloop on PC and it felt really good. I got at least 60 FPS, and yeah, I definitely would not have liked that experience on 30. So, I my heart goes out to all of you on uh, Xbox. I'm I'm very sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I think the disappointment here too, right, is like one of the reasons you have consoles is you don't have to mess with the PC settings. Yeah. I honestly, it's it's fine until it's not fine, yeah. right? Like there's so many little increases, they're really expensive. And so when I get a console, I don't want to have to think about those problems with settings. And if it's, you know, this is, it's 2023, like we have these next gen consoles, we're firmly in this cycle and to have like a big Xbox game come out this year and not having 60 for a shooter at launch is really disappointing. Two more things that add a little understandable disappointment uh, yeah. to this for the community is number one, this game, real. I think it's fair to say, was delayed for a year. The first time when they announced it, they said it's out summer 2022. And now here it is, it's out in spring 2023, so near, nearly a year. So there's that piece of it. And also, it's a bad look. This is a major first-party release from Xbox, and Xbox has been touting the Series X as the most powerful console, and here we go with, with 30 frames. Um, this, I know, I, I'm probably going to get chewed up in the comments for this, <laughs> but, like, I can't help from having studied and covered and watched this industry for so many years. I, I don't know if either one of you agree with me or disagree with me, but I feel like this wouldn't happen on PlayStation. Like this just one way, one way or another. Now, granted, I guess there wouldn't even be a PC version to, so there's, there's that <laughs> side of it, but yeah. I just feel like 
this is such a this is another one of these. Now it's it's not the worst thing in the world. The game still is going to come out on May 2nd. It's hopefully going to be really fun. We've all played it. We've enjoyed what we've played so far. But I, I just feel like this these kind of it's another one of these little step on the rake moments for Microsoft that we just we can't they can't seem to get out of the, their own way of. Yeah, I will say every game that I've booted up on the PS5, I've always seen the option for performance or quality, and that's been really great. And um, you, you brought up that you brought this up to us, you know, like as a discussion before the show, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I don't think I've ever seen a game on the PS5 where like I couldn't choose between the two there were always the two options so the first exclusive from xbox not having this is especially an fps title it's kind of a big deal and everyone has been this was delayed obviously for good reasons but like everyone was looking forward to this this was going to be like the i mean aside from minecraft legends this was going to be the big thing that like really set forward the xbox exclusive launches this year and it's um it's a rocky start yeah uh well of course shout out to our friends at uh, at Tango Gameworks, they really got the year off on a great foot, <laughs> to, to, to be fair on that. But uh, in fact, speaking of, of Tango Gameworks, right on schedule, Ghostwire Tokyo, the last game they did, which of course was uh, had a, a year of timed exclusivity on PS5, that is now available on Xbox, on Game Pass, along with a new content update. So if you haven't had a chance to play that yet, for whatever reason, it's right there on Game Pass for you too. So another first party game, albeit a rare case of one that, that's been on another console for the last year, but yeah. that doesn't take away from the fact that Ghostwire Tokyo's a good game. I mean, it was uh, fine. yeah, admittedly not uh, on, on the level of, uh, of um, Hi-Fi Rush. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've been on vacation for two weeks and the, the <laughs> name was just like, where is it? It's in here somewhere. I will say I kept, I kept getting Hi-Fi Rush and High on Life like oh yeah, mixed up because like the, the pacing of the words well, and, and the, with high. my brain <laughs> the only thing that was in my brain was sunset overdrive like it's not uh, sunset uh, overdrive <laughs> I, yeah so thank you miranda for yeah. for having my back as i uh, try to get back into the flow of podcasting i'm a little rusty as you can see so yeah give that a go uh if you have not played it on game pass and then uh let's let's have a little more good news here because actually we're going back to bad news after this. So let's, we're, this is, we're, having, we're having a good news break we're right now. It, pacing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miranda, your yes. preview of Minecraft Legends went up, I think, shortly after last week's podcast, right? You would yes. not have. You yeah. didn't get to talk about it. So yeah. uh, I want to turn the floor over to you here. As, as Stella noted, this is, this is the next uh, official first party release. It's what? Is that out in about a week or so? two it's come it's this month it's it coming up very 20, soon no not 28 that's jedi fallen oh my god there's it's soon <laughs> it's very soon it's before Redfall. it's sometime in april it's april 18th thank you so I that's actually it's just after my birthday okay. okay so it's uh what next yeah early yeah next tuesday of then course dead island april 21st yeah coming right up so and jedi fallen order 28th yes, yes. <laughs> that's uh that's what i'm holding out for I'm, i know yeah that's uh. i can't wait i've I've had the pleasure of playing about five hours of it, and Ugh. I, my spidey sense tells me it's going to be <laughs> excellent. So um, we shall see very soon. But Minecraft Legends, Miranda, you were optimistic on this game from the jump, from when we first uh, had it in the in the well, I guess in a showcase, and then more recently in the developer direct uh, in January. Actually playing it, how'd it go? 
It's so immensely charming. I think when I first sat down to start playing, the music was just right. The characters that they introduce are so funny and kind. And it's just, you know, sometimes when you play a game or something, they're like, you know what? We believe in you and we're proud of you and we're excited to have you here. It was just that kind of welcoming sense that almost sounds like it could be really cheesy, but it felt so genuine that when I got started on this adventure, it felt like, and I read this in my preview, that I was being rewarded for my time in Minecraft. It's like, you've done some cool stuff. Now we trust you to do this really cool thing for us. Um, and the thing that I loved most about this was just the genuine sense of accomplishment every time I did something, even if it was easy. Like everyone gets really excited that you took down that early base. Um, so I only played about an hour of this and this campaign's around like, I think 15 to 20 hours okay. or something. So it, it gets pretty long. Um, and even with what I had discovered early on, it felt pretty good on controller. And I specifically wanted to play on controller because I think with strategy games like this, um, it makes a lot more sense on PC. Mouse and keyboard, more options for commands and all that good things too. Uh, and I definitely struggled a little bit with controls at first because it's a lot of things to remember, but they do a good job of like peppering in new things to learn, new commands, like send this specific units here, send these here. Um, this is like action strategy, so it is not meant to be too too heavy on like all the commands but the ones that i had were really cool uh overall i'm really excited to play this uh the only downside i had really was multiplayer mm. um so that's the one that i was actually rather excited for and i think it's kind of reverse where i'm more excited about the campaign adventure multiplayer is pvpve so what it is is you get two teams of four and your objective is to go destroy the other base and so in that like you want somebody building you want people resource collecting you want to keep like building up to get new upgrades and just like in minecraft you start from zero so every game you start from zero and if your team is not coordinated or if they're not communicating, which communication is just through pings basically, or if you can hop onto a voice chat or something, that that's it. And so it's kind like I said, it was sort of a safety thing, which I mm. get that, but also not having more direct, like maybe like chat wheel or something that's yeah. more available or like a way to declare roles of like, I want to build or I want to resource collect. I want to fight. Like there's a, or I'm going to go explore. Yeah you kind of lose that coordination and like i had a team of three other people with me on my row um the other team we were fighting had one developer on their team and i was like listen that's rude yeah and then so me and two, a ringer yeah me and two of the guys were like kind of just yelling at each other because we didn't have comms on our headsets and so and then the fourth guy i have no idea what he was doing he could have just not been there for all I know. Um, and so it was just really hard to coordinate. And we ended up playing for like 40 minutes in this one, one round, one round, which they said it should go for like 20. And it's like, well, ooh, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's just because one of the guys on my team just did a really great job base building. Um, but with that all being said, I don't know if I'd want to play it with random people. Yeah just because of that, because it feels like if it's going to be a time investment and if I can't coordinate with you on like objectives or, Hey, maybe we should put a door here so I can get through the wall because you keep blocking everything off and I can't get through without destroying your wall every single time, which was a thing. <laughs> then, you know, like there's a lot of little things that can happen. So overall though, it's super cute. I'm really excited for it. If you have friends that want to play multiplayer with you, I'd, I'd say do it. You guys will, will rule. I think I'm, I'm glad to yeah. hear that this is like a, a, a real thing and not just like, oh, it's a little, you know, 
lower quality side thing. Yeah. Like, no, it's a it's a real proper, fully featured, sounds like mostly very good Minecraft yeah. game. Like story Minecraft story mode from Telltale was fine. Like it's, it's always hard to put stories to Minecraft because so much about it is like your own imagination, your creativity, you and your friends doing something together. And so with this, it does still feel loose enough to where there is a story, but you're still at the center and you kind of get your own head space for headcanon. So that's what I liked about it. And then, of course, we had Minecraft Dungeons, which is also yes. a, a, a good game that's, yeah. that's continued to, to do well over time. So the Minecraft family... Uh, getting bigger here yeah. uh, in just another week. And since then, snuck I've, right uh, up on us. Gotten back into Minecraft. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's. I promise we're going back to bad news, unfortunately. So let's just do that. In fact, let's see. Well, then we'll see how much time we have because then it's it gets uh, things get weird again in the news. So we'll see if we make it that far. But um, I, this Friday afternoon, Friday late afternoon, a little. Birdie whispered to me, oh, did you, did you hear that Joseph Staten not only had gone, had left 343 go, to go back to Microsoft Publishing, but he actually left Microsoft. You're like, oh. And I got in touch with uh, one of our ace reporters, Rebecca Valentine, and she was able to get confirmation from Microsoft. So that was sort of a, a weird little unexpected news scoop for us on, right off the end of the day on Friday. And uh, I reached out to Joe, sent him a, a, a private note, and then he he chose he took to, to Twitter to comment on our story as well. But yeah, Joseph is leaving Microsoft altogether. So obviously, uh, in the the big shakeup at 343 that we had fairly recently, amidst all the a lot of the lay, you know layoffs at Microsoft as a whole, and 343 was definitely affected by that. Joseph had gone back to his role at at uh, Microsoft Publishing. And in fact, as I think of it now, so I had done an unfiltered interview with him when Miranda, you and I went up yeah. to, to do our IGN first on Halo Infinite, which would have been, in, you were, we were there in October of 2021 because yes. then the content rolled out in November. And I had asked him that question. I said, well, are you going to stick around? Or are you going to go back to publishing? And I, I think he gave me a pretty, you know, just... I'm not quite sure yet what I'm going to do, which I take him at face value for. I'm, I'm sure, he, you know, he maybe hadn't made that decision yet. He was just trying to get infinite to the finish line. But uh, yeah, Microsoft confirming to IGN saying, we're grateful for Joseph's contributions to the Halo franchise and Xbox as a whole. We wish him all the best in his new adventure. And then Joe himself, again, taking to Twitter to comment on our report saying, Hey, folks, I am indeed leaving Microsoft. I'll have more info to share soon. But for now, I'd just like to thank all my Xbox colleagues for all their understanding and support as I embark on a new adventure. Now, if you're a newer Halo fan or younger fan, um, just just a, a quick reminder that Joseph Staten wasn't just the the guy that helped land the the Halo Infinite plane as they constructed it in midair as, <laughs> over as they were trying to land the thing. Uh, Joseph, of course, was an, was an OG Bungie guy who wrote all of the original Halo games. He also directed Halo 3 ODST, which is beloved by many. In fact, it's, it's a lot of Halo fans' favorite Halo thing because it's really a unique, a unique take on Halo. But um, so, of course, Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, ODST, 
And then he was the original lead writer on Destiny before mm -hmm. he he left Bungie and went to Microsoft to join in the publishing space where he kind of helped with stuff like ReCore and uh, I'm trying to think. There, there might have been one or two other. I think, oh, Crackdown 3, I think he did some writing on and helped um, uh, helped out as far as his, that, that one was getting to the finish line. On his LinkedIn, it says, Ship's titles include Recore, State of Decay 2, Fight Simulator, Tell Me Why, As Dust Falls, as well as multiple announced games, such as Fable and Contraband. Oh. Another oh, okay. announced title still in development. So senior creative director just helping out with yeah. uh, publishing. Yeah, so, you know, this is... This is another, it's, I wish him well. Let me just, this has nothing to do, what I'm, everything I'm yeah. about to say has nothing to do with Joseph. I mean, I, the, I did title this episode in a, in a certain way, and I will get to that in a moment, because uh, that is expressing gratitude to him for all the insane amount of entertainment that he has had a large hand in providing. But um, I think this, this does f further call into question the already, for the time being, murky future of Halo. I think that is fair to say. Now, I know him leaving Microsoft altogether is maybe not really much different in the direct Halo sense as him leaving 343 to go back to Microsoft Publishing, but right. like there is now he will not be contributing in any way mm -hmm. to uh to Halo moving forward barring some As far as we know, yeah. Yeah, we're, we'll bring you on as a consultant or, or you know whatever. He will not have a any sort of, I don't want to say meaningful, but like large hand yeah. in in whatever comes next with Halo. So uh, he could be though a farm hand, which if you look <laughs> at his LinkedIn, he was a farm hand from March 1997 to March 1998. Uh, oh. Worked a, a year at his family at his business. winery. Yeah, uh, yeah. We oh. talked about that in the unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, and and maybe he does. Maybe he's got some bungee bucks under the mattress from. I mean, well, here's the thing. So, bungee they have like corporate internal stock, mm -hmm. and uh, Joseph having been there a long time, if he had if he hung on to that after he left, and then Sony buys Bungie for three billion dollars, maybe he will just go back to the winery and and hey, if if he does that, he's earned it. Good for yeah. him. Uh, all the best, but uh, let's talk about first what where where are we with three four three and Halo now, and where's our where's our optimism level here? I'll start with Stella. Um, this is funny because I just started playing through Halo Infinite, the story, the campaign with my friend, because um, we were running through all the past campaigns. Uh, it's multiplayer. I mean. We didn't actually play multiplayer, but we just did the campaign. It was fine. Some connection issues. And I was like, all right, this is good. I mean, I'm able to actually experience the campaign the way I wanted to now, you know, um, <clears throat> a while after launch. So that's good. But I don't know. I feel like, like my friend went back to play multiplayer. I know Miranda's gone back to play multiplayer and has said that it's fine. It's better. But for me, it's not enough for me to want to come back. So I feel like the current trajectory has been kind of just stagnant. I think that's okay. The that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Joseph leaving isn't really going to affect much because I feel like he already hadn't affected much recently. You're Recent. saying no? Yeah, yeah like, recently. Not like obviously in the past. shipping the game and yeah, yeah. Of course. I just mean like obviously. You know, you said that he left three four three before, um, and then now he's left Microsoft. I feel like. 
the new team is pretty good at handling things. They brought more people on who know live service, so they might be able to make improvements. Um, and it's so interesting because I do see the community kind of split on, well, we want people who are seasoned and know a lot about uh, Halo to, to work on this. But then other people are like, no, let's bring in some fresh new eyes because clearly we need like a refresh. We want to know, um, you know, what other people can do with this franchise. So it's, it's a weird like balance. I think I'm leaning more towards like the newer part because for me, I'm a new Halo fan yeah. and I'm just like, you know, it'd be really cool if you could do something to kind of like wrap up the previous stories or like um, I was talking to my friend about the campaign. And he was like, well, yeah, this was kind of like a soft reboot. Like they're setting up the future of Halo, you know, especially with the weapon turning into Cortana, like a new version of Cortana that we can be, um, what is it? Oh my God, what is it called? Uh, emotionally attached to. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So I'm still hopeful for future games and I really wouldn't mind bringing in, you know, newer people to the franchise to like help build that future. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Miranda, this is, uh, you know, I, I think you and I saw, I mean, we all saw, Halo Infinite uh, before Joseph came on. That disastrous 2020 showcase demonstration. I'm literally looking at Craig right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, which was, by all accounts, seemingly the, the catalyst for bringing Joseph on to say, hey, we need some help here. Who better than you? And, and you know, I think, I think we got to give Joe Staten some flowers. I mean, not that he did it all by himself, right. but but like Infinite needed a strong direction to get it from where it was in 2020 when it was supposed to ship in mere months to where it actually ended up uh, at shipping, where I I gave the campaign a nine and I stand by that. I think it is an outstanding campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that was really, and you know, he had, to, now Joseph had to make those tough calls, which obviously there's no people not everybody's going to be happy when it's okay we have to cut split screen and because because of our time and resource situation but you know I, th I think he did a great job and from from what we saw of the game before he came in to to the game we got Miranda right absolutely and I think ultimately Halo Infinite for me is remembered as a really great time like I in fact missed the campaign and it's been a while since I've been able to go back and play that in co-op or something but I've I've liked the multiplayer well enough right now like they're doing a fracture event so it's in week two of that so they're still maintaining things there's some things of interest like the new maps that they introduced were pretty fun I like how they're integrating um, community maps in that playlist that if you do want something refreshed you have an option although of course it is a community creation so the balance might be a little bit different right. um, overall I don't think just a state leaving really impacts my feelings about 343 or Halo at this yeah. point it's just more yeah. of a well, I'm mostly just curious to see what he does next. If he's yeah. going to do the trendy thing, which, I mean, I said trendy, but there's a lot of people starting new studios, right? A lot of big developers, big teams that are really iconic, um, their leads breaking off and doing their own thing to do something entirely new or just to um, join other forces and see what they can do. So, Yeah, I I think that's well said. I mean, we I kind of already, because Joseph had already moved off of 343 and back to publishing, I'd already accepted the fact mm -hmm. that he's not going to be at least in the director's chair for whatever the next five or so years of Halo looks like. And so it, it kind of begs the question now of, 
I wonder which way Microsoft is going to go with the next four or five years of Halo. Do they kind of go the id software route where kind of a the old hands all have moved on and they bring in they they like you were saying Stella they it's it's the young t generation the new talent mm -hmm. uh, at the studio that that has a a new vision for it and can and and gets an opportunity to bring it forward or you know with infinite three, Microsoft and 343 had brought in a number of really seasoned developers in lead roles people like Joseph People like uh, Paul Crocker, who Miranda and I got to talk extensively with uh, when we did visit 343, he had he had worked on the Rocksteady's Batman Arkham trilogy, and there were there were a number of, of folks like that. Um, so I, I kind of you know there's I wonder which way they'll go if they say hey let's let's hand this off to the kids, and I don't mean that in any kind of like derogatory way, but just like you know let's let's hand this off to the you know, the, the younger generation, or do we want to bring in like, oh, this thing is, it's our huge IP. We better bring, you know, we better just write some big checks and try and sign some, some big free agents here and bring in some like established talent. I don't know which way they're going to go. And I'm not sure. I don't know what the right answer is yeah. for that. Only time will tell. Yeah. That's tough. Cause Halo's just been such a huge name in the games industry just for so long it's it's been such a big powerhouse so it's it's hard i i can't um i don't know i just i remember like in high school people talking about halo and like oh my god i can't wait to see what this brings next and stuff like that and that's still happening so i don't know i, I mean it's exciting but um yeah we'll just have to see because like i haven't seen anything else um come out about joseph leaving after that announcement and then after monday yeah, follow up. that's be about a it. bit till we see the follow-up of what's next. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's being, we're, we don't want to invade his privacy. And yeah, he's probably like, enjoying hey, Come on, man, what do you, what, tell us what you're up to. Yeah, he's enjoying more time on the farm, you know. <laughs> but, um... This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, right? We've all got a lot going on. Cooking can take a while, but you want to get a good quality meal. Factor is awesome. Check them out. They have fresh, never frozen meals that are all chef crafted, dietitian improved. And get this this is the best part ready to go in just two minutes. They send you everything, different stuff every week. You throw it in the microwave, two minutes, boom, you're done. You've got a good meal. I have tried these, they taste good. It is good stuff. Over 35 different options to choose from every week including calorie smart, protein plus options, and keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons if you need to help stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started right away. They've got everything from pancakes, smoothies, more, you know, breakfast, not just dinner and lunch, it's breakfast as well. No prep, no mess. They are ready to heat and eat, flexible for your schedule. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. That is the best part. And I know from having tried this for myself, boy, it just saves a ton of time. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and also taste real good as well. If you're interested, head on over to factormeals.com unlocked50 and use the code unlocked50 to get 50% off. 
That's code UNLOCKED50 at factormeals.com slash unlocked50 to get 50% off. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. The other, the other side of this, uh, before I come back around to just like reflecting from a 10,000 foot view on Joseph Staten's incredible contributions to, to this franchise, regardless of which way Microsoft goes, trusting the kids or signing some, some veteran talent, uh, I think it's safe to say we've probably seen the last of Halo from a single player campaign perspective for at least another four to five years. Like, it's, we're going dark again for a while. It's, it sure seems like on the campaign front. Yeah, I would agree with that, which is which a bummer. It, I say that, like, in a very deflated way. Like, I say that with Remember when no joy. Remember when it was going to be a platform? For the next 10 years of Halo? Yeah, but... It turns out maybe that the, the next Halo is 10 years away. I, I hope not. Yeah. But we waited seven, six? 2015 to 26. Wow. Six years between five and infinite. And at least infinite washed the bad taste of five's campaign <laughs> out of our mouths. So there's that. I just hope the next gears is good. Well, you know, <laughs> I guess my, my random transition there is just like thinking about Microsoft studios that they have created, not yeah. acquired. And just looking at them and seeing how I feel sort of disheartened with how they've been managed in their progress generally, except the coalition seems to be doing okay. Obviously, 343 was sort of gutted, and then we don't know what's T going Turn 10's doing well. Yeah, turn 10, that, turn that, 10. They've, turn they've never, uh, they, yeah, they have, they have stayed uh, right on course, which is great. And the initiative being the other one, which is st st the... still nothing to show yeah. for, for themselves after um, quite a number of which years we now. we knew it would be a bit, which is what happens with new studios, yeah. but it's just hearing things from that don't seem to be too promising either which is, i think is my big concern um I, I am glad you did mention gears real quick miranda because i know i'm i'm veering a little off course from where i just said i was going to go but um a twitter <laughs> follower and unlock listener named marcos souza tweeted me said um his original question that, that he tweeted at me says at this point in time which is more important to xbox Halo or Gears? Is Halo really as integral of an IP as we all thought? And, you know, my... I couldn't help but think in my head, well, gosh, they're both kind of in a not awesome place right now. Halo's, I think... Halo's active. Uh, season 3 is good. <laughs> you know, yeah. It is being actively supported. There is a game on the Series X. So... I don't want to make it seem like, oh, Halo's just dead for another five years. That's that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, I mean, I, I do think, again, campaign-wise, we're probably not going to be getting anything for quite some time. But Gears, you know, Miranda, you and I are, I think, very high on what the Coalition has accomplished with Gears 4 and Gears 5. Some people in the community don't share our opinion uh, with that. But the, the flip side there is... The coalition has been pretty quiet for a while. The last thing we got was tech demo. Uh, Twenty, well, 
tech demo for the, which one? The Matrix, the Matrix thing? Tech yeah. Demo? Yeah. I mean, it's not a game, but yeah. Right. Uh, I was going to say uh, Hive Busters. Yeah. Which was 2020, I believe. That's so a little, you know, nice. Right. And that was awesome, by the way. If you haven't played, it it's on Game Pass. Gears, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's, it is this absolutely gorgeous uh, little three hour sort of separate cam mini campaign. But we don't even, we have no insight on where Gears 6 is. We, we know it's in the works, but it hasn't officially been announced. So, Miranda, it kind of bums me out to, to think, well, gosh, I think both Halo and Gears are at the moment pretty far from their peaks. It's not to say there won't be more peaks in the future, but like if I were to think about Halo's peak, I mean, obviously it came out of the gate so strong with Halo 1, but I would argue Halo's peak was from the launch of Halo 2 and fall of 04 through the Halo 3 years. Yeah. Two, three, well, you know, and then there was, you know, ODST did well, Reach did well, four was really good, five had great multiplayer. And, but I, I would say that sort of 04 to 07, 08 window. And then Gears' peak, I would, I would argue, probably overlapped with that because yeah. you just had the, the, the original trilogy, 06 to 2011, Gears 1 to 3, and then, you know, Judgment kind of falls off and from a from a like big deal cultural community impact perspective four and five though excellent games have not had the same right level of like i gotta buy an xbox for this kind of kind of thing so what where are we miranda which what to, to marcos's question i what do you think is 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 either more important to Xbox than the other? Are they both? Is either one even the most important thing in the Xbox portfolio right now? Because you could argue that, well, is Starfield, you know, before it's not out, but is that the most important thing right now? Yeah, that's the thing is Microsoft is in the business acquisitions, right? And so the most important things to them probably is their newly acquired studios. Instead of creating new IP, they bought them. And I think that's really what they're playing for here. And I think Halo is still really important because Master Chief is so iconic and associated with the Xbox. He kind of is a mascot in a way, but they've obviously had some storytelling problems here and just generally some quality things here and there. And obviously 343 as it is right now is a problem. Um, so to shift away from that. We look at Bethesda. We look at new acquisitions coming up. We champion these other studios. We have, you know, Psychonauts with Double Fine. Like, there's a lot of things there to champion and be excited about. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to lean into rather than just saying, these are our big things. These are our big guns. Our men with big guns and big guns. But, you know, that's I see what you did that's there. That's true. Uh -huh. Thank you, yes. <laughs> um, and I think it's been nice to see Kate being championed alongside Marcus for Gears promotional things a lot. Like, you see Kate everywhere, and I'm just like, hee. But uh, that's fantastic, though it, as you've said, Gears just doesn't click with as many people. And I'm not too sure why, because it's fantastic. But, you know. It did in 06, yeah. in the, the 360 yeah. era. It's just I not. I think it's the over-the-shoulder thing. I know that Maybe. definitely kept me from approaching it for a while. But then I was like, oh, no, well, it doesn't matter. You would love Gears multiplayer if you haven't. Oh, really no, I loved okay, it. Go. Yeah, no, I was, yeah. Is it not just, like, the state of shooters, like, as a core shooter game? 
it kind of feels like it's fallen off in a weird way. Whereas like competitive multiplayer shooters are where it's at. Whereas yeah. story-based shooters just don't excel in the same way as they used to. And that kind I would of argue they're not being made like they used to, but that's a separate yeah, conversation. Yeah, but I think when we look at these big triple-A worldwide franchises that everyone talks about, they're really story-driven. They're longer, more set-piece-based. Whereas, yes, shooters have that, but not in the same way. Like, you're not going to play a 40-hour first-person shooter. I mean, you, I would, but those, those just don't happen, right? Shooter campaigns are a lot shorter, are condensed, they're very focused. And we don't see those being as, I think, lauded amongst like either media or just people as well in the community. So I think that's maybe something that's different there too. Whereas like Xbox's main IP were so heavy on first person and third person shooters. Whereas what's really taken off are these big narrative adventures that don't necessarily lend as well. They could, but they're just not the same right. in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, yeah, it's... I know it's like a very big, like weird, like big brain moment. <laughs> we we but... could do another show on this. Like, I'm like, what? I guess I'll say I, yeah. I can't wait until Gears Six officially comes around because a I want to see it on Unreal Engine Five. Yes, it's we know it's it will be nothing if not gloriously beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> like the thing is, that. even if you don't play the Coalition's games, like their games are gorgeous. Like just look at them. Just look at them for yeah. a minute mm -hmm. and but, marvel. But also. How are they going to uh, rectify? How are they going to deal with the the choice that happens late in I like in Gears Five? Taking so long for development, I think that's what's <laughs> that's setting it off. But. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, go play Gears Five. Play Gears. I gotta finish it. I, I I started playing it, especially with a friend, and then we just kind of both got busy. So I gotta finish it. Yeah, I. Uh, Four is great if you haven't played four as well. Start, you know, you can start there. That's kind of a good. And if you haven't played any of the Gears games, start. Start. Start with one. I mean, start with one. There's no reason yeah. not to. They're all. They're all. They hold up very well. Um, but just coming back to to Halo and Joseph Staten real quick, I I do wonder what he will do next. I mean, again, if if he if he did get any piece of that bungee sale uh, to Sony, then he may very well be able to just walk off into the sunset and and just go literally buy a plane because he loves to fly mm. he's a big like he, <laughs> he that's his that's his thing he loves to fly uh he has his pilot's license and so we may just he may just fly himself around the world and hey, spend I mean, his his remaining decades uh on this earth because he's a young man just flying around from above and and i would be so happy for him but if he does want to come back into gaming I'd have to think he'd have a lot of suitors, be they <laughs> other develop yeah. established development studios that would want to bring in the guy that wrote all the Halo games, the, the original trilogy. Or, as you said, Miranda, you know, he maybe he he connects up with some friends who may also be free agents and maybe he starts up a new thing yeah lots of people starting new things again i keep saying it every time we talk about this i gotta start that google sheet of all the new studios from people who yeah. split off from big studios because there's so many um do you think he'd go back to bungie hmm. i don't know I, I i don't personally know if his departure was uh on good terms or not i i didn't I guess there weren't any rumors of of bad terms. There there have been with with certain 
Bungie, X, you know, long-time Bungie folks. But yeah, assuming all left off well, I, I don't know. I mean, I presume it wouldn't be to work on Destiny because that's like just yeah. its total own thing now. Mm -hmm. But there are new projects. they do have a couple of new projects that are that are publicly like known about, even if they're not formally mm. announced things. So you never know. Do you think Staten's specialty is in like sci-fi space focused games? That's certainly been what he's done. Yeah. Like that's what his resume looks like, but maybe he's wanting to stretch out and write a fantasy thing or a, I don't know, a, a, like a, a mother style you know earthbound kind of rpg that's just set in the real world when you know said mother i thought the movie mother and i was like wow that'd be really <laughs> yeah. intense oh my god same here i was like oh okay <laughs> earthbound yes sorry yeah the, for some reason the japanese name of that series came into my brain before the the western name of the series <laughs> oh, yeah. did. yeah but maybe he wants a break from all the futuristic sci-fi like burly stories so maybe he just wants to write about planes yeah. Maybe, maybe he just wants to fly planes like you Maybe said. he wants knows? to write Microsoft Flight Simulator fan fiction from <laughs> Wait, just novels. It's got to, doesn't it? Oh my god. I mean, he, he wrote he did write uh, at least one of the Halo novels. So I'm sure if, if, he, if he said, Hey, hey Microsoft, can I write can I start writing flight simulator novels? Just about, you know, I, who says no? <laughs> They're not going to say no. Microsoft loves IP. They maybe, need. Oh, maybe he could write about a romance novel. He could write a romance novel where two people meet flying past each other in Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's a, there's a market for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what's the what 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 is that called? The those little like the little ads you put where the. Like I missed you, and it's a little. Oh, oh, oh! What are those? Um, oh, uh, oh my missed god! Connect missed connections. connections. Thank yes. You. Yeah. 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 Except, oh, passed you over uh, the sands of Egypt. In... <laughs> missed connections <laughs> and a missed flight. Right. Will they make it? <laughs> Love okay. at thirty thousand feet. Yes. I do not see any Microsoft Flight Simulator fanfic. How? How? Like. I'm I'm surprised that nobody has gone down that road or or um, I guess taken to those skies as of yet. Listeners, please write uh, Ryan a one paragraph <laughs> fanfic and send it to his email uh, so we can read it t next week. Listen, fan fiction is a great time. Please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like you know, whatever Joseph's up to, I I really like. I've talked to him on and off for a long time because I've been. You know, hanging around this industry for for a long, long time too, and I just I'm so grateful to Joseph for like ha you know he, he helped birth the Halo universe. Uh, Halo One story, of course, was so great. Halo Two's was, I mean, I'm old enough to remember uh, when when Halo Two came out. It the story was like people were freaking out because what what I'm now playing as as the yeah. arbiter. Like, whoa! You can't you can't do this. <laughs> was so People excited. were really like freaked out by that. But I, I and I remember even being a little like, eh, I don't know if I like this Arby guy. But <laughs> when I came back to it later to review uh, the Master Chief Collection, and the, of course the star of that was Halo Two Anniversary, the mm. the full you know. Um, not a remake, but that just very modern coat of, of, of paint that they put over the top 
and you could press a button to switch back and forth between the original and the new one. And coming back at it like 10 years later, it, it really, without the sort of chaos and, and emotions of when I first played it, when it first came out. So having some distance from it, I, I remember finishing it again on Halo 2 Anniversary and going, wow, this is a really great campaign. Like, you can, the parallels are, there's so many great parallels between what Arbiter's going through and what Chief is going through. And then, of course, Halo 3. Like, the dude, Staten nailed, like, he, he nailed the landing on, uh, on that trilogy of ending it in a great way that, that gave closure, that gave satisfaction, that wasn't some you know, cheap cliffhanger, even though there was, you know, at the, the post credit scene, there was the little, well, you know, maybe there's something that's going to happen again eventually. But uh, just so grateful to Joseph for, for f ultimately, he was directly had a, I don't know if he wrote Reach, because that was Marcus Latos' thing. So I'm going to say for sure, one, two, three, ODST and Infinite. Okay. Um, and I love all five of those Halo games. Those are all so tremendous. So just, just much love to Joseph Staten. Um, and I'm so grateful that, that he did give me the hour or so to sit down and interview him about his whole career when we were up at 343 uh, a year and change ago. So if you, if you never listen to that or watch that, it's on YouTube or the unfiltered podcast feed. Um, you can go check that out and... And uh, it's still going to be probably a pretty relevant conversation. All right. Uh, we have already just about reached the end of the line here for this week. Let's, before, I'll just mention real quick, I know this pleases both of you, especially you, Miranda. The Elite Series 2 controller getting just a... a an avalanche They're of new so colors. I mean, nice. it's great, but like, I already bought mine. <laughs> I waited because I had one, but now I'm like, it's fine. I'm going to wait longer because what if there are cool special editions this year? It's fine. I like mine. It's fine. So you have now, <laughs> <laughs> they're available now. You now have the choice of 16 main colors, 12 face button colors, 17 accent colors for the paddles and D-pad, and 25 accent colors for the rest of the controller. You can go absolutely wild in the design studio uh the new expansion starts at a price point of 149 dollars some of the new colors include garnet red glacier blue and deep pink along with new options like blackout abxy buttons which sounds that sounds really good i would probably I, want. I would probably go go down that road um i just th these these are so th microsoft is so good i i still think i will I know, the dual sense is fine it's so much better than the previous DualShocks. I still think the Xbox controller, the new, you know, the Series X controller is just Top. far and away the greatest oh controller tier. Yeah. ever made, period. And <laughs> it, what a nice revenue stream this must be for Microsoft, too, because you'll get people like us buying, like, two, three, four different customized controllers. Listen, Ryan, yeah. last episode, we had a nice long conversation yep. about justifying how many controllers you could have and dedicating a controller per room, yeah. also per place. It's like, well, what if you just need it for something? I don't know. There's there's a lot of reasons. Also, you can style them mm -hmm. to your own fashion sense. You can, of course, like show your fandom. And then we are talking about how a lot of um, listeners and just people in the community generally have like those cool controller walls and like their game rooms. Like, dang, you can do so much here. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it's, I love that they, they offer so many choices. And by the way, any, anybody, even if you live by yourself, you have full, nobody can, can call you out <laughs> or question you if you have four controllers in your house because three oh. friends might come over and want to play a four yeah. player game. Listen. So if, now if you're going above four, then maybe you're getting more into boutique collector kind of territory, <laughs> but everybody's got license to have at least four. Yeah, that's true. I was about to say, Hey, I have more than four. Okay. <laughs> but that's when I was like, well, what if I'm in this room and I have this Xbox, but I have this older Xbox here that I need to use it for. And then I should get another for the office. You know, there's, there's reasons. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I love that Microsoft offers this. Uh, I think it's, it's baffling that Sony does not do the exact same thing with the DualSense. It's well, really, and, and Nintendo with the Pro, I would buy <laughs> a Mario, th Mario color scheme Pro Controller. I would buy that because I use my Pro, and I use the Pro Controller pretty much for any Switch game I'm playing. I just mm -hmm. prefer it because it's basically yeah. a 360 controller. I've never owned one. It's, yeah, it's, Weird. it sucks that it's all through like, third party it's not the and same it, i know it's not the same and it's so interesting because i know that with one of the third part power a specifically i spoke to them about you know um their their packagings and their console controllers and they're like oh yeah we don't have one for playstation yet we do have a charging station but they just haven't like allowed anyone to use their license or have any information about their controllers and then when they did come out with their own pro controller and my friend was like oh, are you buying it i was like no it doesn't offer like half the things that I would want on it. What? No, absolutely not. And it has worse battery life. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, bravo Microsoft for continuing to, you guys get the, the game situation <laughs> still needs work, but the controller situation, <laughs> a plus no notes. Living all our best good. life. Yes. So stylish. All right. Let's do a trivia question real quick. Oh, okay. Now that I'm back, yeah. uh, Matt, D, whose gamer tag is MDZ2540, he's from Milwaukee, hey. asks the following, and Miranda, I'm boring my eyes like oh, lasers no. into you on this one. Every Matt says, everyone enjoys the original Fusion Frenzy, but Fusion Frenzy 2 was far less beloved. Which of the following is not one of the much maligned minigames in Fusion Frenzy 2? Listen, you know how much Fusion Frenzy 2 I played? Hardly any. <laughs> <laughs> So this is actually really hard for me. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you you probably played more than I did because I don't think I played any of two at all, even back back in the OXM days. But take your best guess. Which three of these are real mini games in Fusion Frenzy Two? One of them is is not real. Find the fake one. What? Conveyor Smash, Turbine Madness, Debris Field Derby, or Thermal Detonator. Okay, would it? Okay, so I've never. I didn't know about fusion friendly till i got on this podcast so could you give me a little background on what kind of game this is miranda please it is a phenomenal multiplayer party game that acts like a board game almost in a way leading you through different areas and each area has its own set of challenges oh, so there's okay. like the city area that has like a lot of more musically themed challenges and there's like fast food you have to protect your burger and like kill the bugs that are trying to eat it oh my god okay. for points you have to like dodge like some subway systems there's this water area which sucks because the water mechanics are not fun but it's still fun okay anyway there's okay there's cool. a lot of mini games basically okay <sighs> do i go first does Stella go first uh, Stella's contemplating. We'll just we'll leave her. <laughs> let her go here. So I to to tell you guys, I do not know this. Yeah. Okay, for sure. 
Um, and I didn't either, in, in all fairness. Are these all mini games in Fusion Frenzy? Like, it's just well, not one of them. Three of them are real. Find the fake one. Oh, I'm going to okay. do. There's like two that I'm between. I'll do A. Okay, conveyor smash. Stella? <sighs> um, What a missed opportunity. I don't know. Uh... Look at that. Look at that B-roll of Fusion Frenzy. Oh, that's Fusion Frenzy. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Nice work, as always. Getting okay. it done. Let's see. Um, D? Thermal okay. detonator? So I probably would have guessed right along with you on that because, oh, that's a Star Wars thing. They probably didn't oh. call it Thermal Detonator, but they did. They did. The fake know. one's Turbine Madness. Okay, I thought it was Turbine Madness because it was like Twisted huh. System, but I was like, they wouldn't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what they called it. They okay. just called the same thing again. So Matt, Thanks, congratulations. Jay. You stumped us all good on job, that Matt. one. Bravo. <laughs> if anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it my way. Only I will see it. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com, include the question, four multiple choice answers, note the correct answer in your email, don't forget your name, and if you'd like me to read it on the air, your gamer tag as well. And with that, we've come to the end of Unlocked 590. Uh, hopefully we'll have happier things to talk about next week, <laughs> but this is, this, this is what it is. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're here to real. keep it, yeah, we'll keep it, <laughs> keep it 100, as the kids say. Um, yeah, it's you know we take the good with the bad, and we'll have uh, at least next week we'll be we'll have Minecraft Legends out, and hopefully the whole thing is going to be good. The what Miranda played seems like it's trending in the right direction. So we've got that. We've got Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming up as a you know that's next gen exclusive. Yeah. It's there's no no Xbox One version of that. So that's that's to look forward to on the Series X coming up. So uh, all right. I am on Twitter if you'd like to follow me, DMC underscore Ryan. And I don't think I have anything else to promote, so I will throw to Stella. Sure. Uh, yeah, you can follow me everywhere at Parallax Stella. Uh, I think the most recent thing that I'm working on right now is the X Defiant First Impressions. Because I only got an hour in the game. I'm not doing a preview off just an hour, uh, especially in a multiplayer game that has like so much nuance to it. So yeah, that's going to be coming out tomorrow. Uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Sounds good. Miranda, take us home. You can follow me at Havoc Girls, and that's Havoc with a K on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. And please check out our Redfall Hero stories. So that has some like nice exclusive details about character backgrounds along with their kits. Um, I'll have my preview and a very cool interview coming up here soon too. So please check those out because they've been a lot of work. Excellent. Yes, thank that you. Redfall IGN first coverage rolls on. Uh, thank you to our super producer, super sneezy producer, Red. Uh, and also to Daisy the Boxer, who's secretly been right down here the whole time. Uh, she was nice and quiet today, unlike Zelina, the future service dog, who probably would have barked for attention <laughs> repeatedly during this. Uh, thank you, Daisy, for, for staying nice and chill. All right, we will see you all next week. Hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer? Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one.
Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? <laughs> Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. So if you've never watched Buffy, or if you're about to watch the series for the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.